Here we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. Get down Sunday and visit our good friends at the Holy Grail as the Bengals get set to take on the Chiefs in Burrowhead Stadium for another AFC championship. They've got beer specials. They've got great food. It'll be an electric atmosphere. So uh, make sure you get down to the banks and hit the Holy Grail up this Sunday as the Bengals play to go to their second consecutive Super Bowl. All right, let's get it going. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a, a better couple days here recently, so that's always a positive. Kelly's doing a little bit better, so that keeps Chad happy. Excellent. Uh, so yes, that is uh, that is where we are at at the moment with that one. Uh, how, how was the weekend for you, Dave? Uh, the weekend was excellent. I mean, notwithstanding the Bearcats' loss, it was yeah. uh, was a wonderful weekend. Uh, did quite well in the uh, divisional round. Playoff wagering did uh, quite well in some college basketball wagering. And, of course, you know, the Bengals did quite well. So I had a, I had a lovely weekend. Good. I mean, any weekend that, that the Bengals go to the AFC Championship game, it's it a good, good one for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at flights to Phoenix today, actually. You, you're going you're gonna to make the trip if it happens? Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. L A was L A was a bit much to pull. No, you went with your dad, no, right? Went, That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you went with your dad. Yeah, you're pe- gonna have to start setting aside like people do for bowl games. You're gonna start to have to set aside Super Bowl money. Depends on, uh, you know, if they go, uh, how many tickets he can he can get. Yeah, if he. I don't know how. I don't even remember how they did it last year. If it was seniority, a lottery, whatever. But um, yeah, it just we'll just we'll see. We'll see. UCF super fan says uh, Dave's going to borrow from the four hundred one k. No, get a no, ticket. No, no. <laughs> no that's, that is that is not a thing that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> You've got enough, right? You got enough to to cover. A Super Bowl every year. If, if there was a Super Bowl every year, I'd uh, I'd figure out a way. I'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that. Uh, we'll say that. My my buddy and I though we have a big group, big group text of a bunch of friends, mainly um, mainly guys from Tennessee, and we. They thought we were insufferable last year. They uh, they are not big fans of ours right now. There's not many people in the NFL that are big fans of the Bengals right now. It's it's Look, been interesting to watch. My one my one buddy sent like a you know copy to tweet in it was like top ten Mal Kuyper's top ten or whatever. And my my friend goes, uh, where what who, who does he have the Bengals picking thirty second? <laughs> <laughs> And you know, and then I have another one that's just like I hate you so much. He's a big Titans fan, and we basically have told him that like we broke the Titans last year, and then ab- then buried them this year because they didn't win another game after the Bengals right. went down there and won. Right. So you see a super fan? I 100% disagree. I'm here for every Eli Apple tweet. I I don't care whatever he needs to do. I think it's hilarious. Like do do your thing, talk your junk. You know, you got to go back it up, but still, I love it. It's enter- it's uh, entertaining. There, what do you and I, and I know the answer. We talked about this a little last night on on PTP. Do you embrace the Bengals just going full heel? Oh, I, I of course. I mean, Ed, yeah. Ed, uh, you know, Ed and I had a little tweet back and forth where he said he did something and I did the Kobe gif like more. Oh, absolutely. I think it's uh, that article that Jay Busby wrote today. I think encapsulated it quite well. Like, yeah, it was a perfect it, article. It'll they can try, but I think it'll just be it would be pretty hard. Like they would have to just win a lot 
and and do it in like different iterations have guys leave bring in new guys and still win and and you would they would be heel from the standpoint of like tired of them winning but i don't think you know there's not this like central figure that is divisive you know like a belichick and the page you know he should be mentioned belichick and like the patriots either cheating or trying to cheat you know and, and stuff like that like I mean, are, are you really going to, like, hate Zach Taylor, hate the city of Cincinnati? Like, we I don't have, like... Can, I think Burrow could be a guy people hate. I, I don't really understand why. I mean, he he doesn't... He's cocky. He's, but, he's, but not that's the thing. Like a, that was the... That, actually, UCF superfan, I, I disagree. I think people are indifferent on Cincinnati. People hate this city. Like, that was in the article. Like, what what do you hate about Cincinnati? Like that, people joke it's around about like a, a very, you know, medium-sized Midwestern town. Like, right? You know, it's the epitome of like flyover. Right. So, um. All right. That's enough. It's enough Bengals. If we if we run out of juice, maybe we'll go back <laughs> Wait, to we, it a little bit. Let's see. We we we've, we've talked today. Our, our big pre-show meeting yeah. uh, was a was about how we don't really have anything to talk about. So. Uh, Sam is helping out with a question on Flory, uh, and then Bob Pulte Chevrolet would like to know, uh, thoughts about the Pac 12 not reporting overpaid. That's just hilarious. Um, we'll let you break that down here in a second. Any updates on Flory? I'll get what we're gonna do today. We're gonna open it up to you guys, and this is gonna be a QA session of the BCJ podcast. Any thoughts, any questions, anything you have? that you want to ask of us or, or have us talk about, throw it in the chat. If you want to donate, you'll get priority. Uh, if not, we'll get to it uh, if at all possible. Ask good, If you ask good questions, you're fine. You see we don't, right? Asking questions is one thing. We don't have to answer all of them. Right. right. <laughs> it's, still up to, it's still up to our discretion. <laughs> but... Going to do a little a little Q and A today because we uh, I mean, and, like the the Memphis game was Sunday. There's not another game until what Sunday again or Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. You know you got you talked about it multiple times. Yeah, I don't have anything uh, left on the Memphis. It's game. three days after the fact. I was driving for the most the majority of it, and then didn't see the end because I, you know, I was watching the Bengals. So like, I don't have a great frame of reference to really give anything of value on top of what you have already discussed and Aaron and Brent and, you know, yeah. So it, it, it kind of, it's not really worth, you know, me spending 20 minutes on a game that I, I didn't really see much of. Right. And I don't, I don't have anything left to say. Like, right. So it would just be me. Talking about something I didn't a really game you pay didn't attention watch. to. Yeah. Um, any updates on Flory? Not really. Um, this is going to be one that you guys are just going to have to, one, trust me that UC is still very much involved, regardless of what anybody else says. And two, the major happenings in this recruitment haven't played out yet. He's taking some visits. He's getting on some campuses. One of those being the University of Cincinnati for the Houston game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if there are people saying, and there is a sentiment that is going around, and I know this is where the the Florida site publisher said that that UC basically has no chance at getting Flory. I, I laugh at that. Do I think they're going to get Flory? I, I don't know. Like like I said, we haven't hit the point of this recruitment where Why would the Florida site publisher because say that he's visited, he's visited Florida and, and Auburn. Cause their NIL is such an, such in line. <laughs> he can't get NIL Dave. That's true. He can't cause he's sorry, which is just yeah. another dumb thing of this, of the whole thing. Right. But... Um, so just, I know everybody like wants to get this thing done with him. And trust me, nobody wants to get Florida Dunga done more than Wes Miller and his staff. Wes Miller thinks he is a generational big man, big man. And I tend to agree. Um, 
but there's a lot of things that are that are still to happen in that recruitment. So as long as you still see him popping in from time to time to to take in games or stop down, um, things are fine. But the Florida guy, that's what's got everybody in a bunch. Somebody said, asked him on the board, on their board, what do you think about the crystal balls picks to Cincinnati? And he said that they were, uh, they were bad info and it's not going to happen. And I just laughed because then you aren't, as dialed in as you think you are. If that's what you're hearing, I would I would double check your sources. Right. And like I said, that's not to say UC is going to get him, but to say UC is not involved is It's like that's a it was it Eric Weddle? Patently, yeah. Zero chance. Yeah, it's the the Bengals have a 0% <laughs> percent chance to beat the Bills. Oops. Has he been on TV this week or has he been hiding? Uh tomorrow he's returning on uh Up and Adams with with okay. Bengals superfan K Adams. I think that'll be a fun one for him, right? Oh, I'm sure he'll come up with, you know, he'll say something. Yeah. Well, he's a Raven, right? Like, he's a Ravens guy, right? And well, yeah, but player. he was also on the Rams last year, so you should know well enough yeah. that, uh, you know, to say zero, no chance. Shout out Galactic Fried Chicken. Absolutely. As always, shout out to our sponsor of the nightcap, Galactic Fried Chicken. Um... I'll let you handle the the Pac-12 one, Dave. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the Pac-10 not reporting overpayments from TV partners and getting caught years later. I mean, for for them, it's not surprising. And I I have not, I mean, as anyone who knows me well enough knows, like my mind is one track right now and it's Bengals. Um, But I do think it's funny that they uh, have to like repay $50 million. Yeah. I'm sure they just got that laying around. Probably. You know, I'm sure they've just, they're just liquid 50 mil. Because remember what happened when the pandemic hit, everybody was like, oh shit, we spend all of our millions every year and nobody has any money. Yeah. And they're still (laughs) trying to figure, you know, deal with the Pac-12 network and their current contract. It's not great. And and making the 50 mil. I mean, of course, I'm sure there'll be terms and and they're not going to have to pay out 50 million in cash tomorrow or something. I'm but uh, but no, it's you know, I got a I got a good chuckle out of it. I have not read much detail as to what or who or how or why, but you know, it's uh, there's a sentiment out there. It's funny that this happened because if they go Amazon, Amazon has kind of pushed them to like there won't be a a partner on the traditional media side meaning they won't have games like amazon's not gonna be okay with them having games on so and what i mean so amazon is saying that they it's basically all or nothing that if they have a secondary it's not going to be with anyone that has like a cable network or well then that means who else would that be then it's a good question i've heard direct tv thrown around so they'd have stuff on well, but what what it, would the channel be on? Like the Pac-12 network would still exist, yeah, but, but only be on Direct TV. So you'd something like that, yeah. You'd have Direct. I mean, again, I have not read enough. I mean, it was Comcast, wasn't it? That the yeah. payments were, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this this sounds like a live golf thing. They're going to end up on the CW. And, uh, you know, and streaming the fr- the Friday rounds, you know. Yeah. It, it just, you know, if that stuff's going on and that's coming to light now, that leads me to believe that things behind the scenes are a mess. Not good. And Larry Scott did an even worse job than everybody thought he did. Uh, and so George K is digging himself out of that while also trying to negotiate a new deal with partners that probably keep going. Why do you think we're going to pay you this much? Right. So I don't know. I mean, it is, I mean, what, when the big 12 sign signed their deal, I mean, that's been how many months ago now uh, it was, Oh, well the, the pac 12, now they can take their time. Then I think it was like, 
Thanksgiving. Then it was maybe before the end of the year. Now we're almost into February. Like, is, is there really any end in sight for that? You know, there's a problem when when you keep hearing, oh, it should be done by, and then now you look back and that was 90 days ago. Well, but that's the thing is like 120 days ago. You can say like, yeah, well, now there's no other competition so they can take their time. But that's assuming that people want to give them the the, the dollars that they seek. Clearly right. they're not. Right. Or else it would be signed. Like, it, you know, it's like any contract. If both right. sides were in agreement, then they would have signed it. If Lamar Jackson would have gotten an offer from the Ravens that he deemed, you know, fair and whatever, he would have signed it. So to say, like, well, we're last, so we have as much time as we need, well, then you're clearly not getting what you think you're getting. Because you, if you did, you would have signed it. There would have been no need to just keep keep this going. Right. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, seems like Satterfield and the staff are throwing out hundreds of offers the last week or so. Matt, it is in like a, an evaluation period, right? That now. is a first, that is that that is this time of year. So what happens from the end of basically the end of the national championship game through the end of the month? Coaches are allowed to go out on the road. Uh, they're visiting high schools. They're seeing prospects. You know, they're they're not really able to like watch games, obviously, but they're getting in front of as many people as they can get in front of, and that means lots of offers. When you got ten staff members and a head coach and a brand new recruiting department that are coming from different places, uh, you're going to see a shit ton of offers right now, uh, and then you see what sticks. Right. Like you offer and then you, you see if they answer your phone call the next time you call. And if they do. All right. Let's get cooking. If they don't right. go on to the next one. Um, so, yeah, this is the time of year that you're going to see a boatload of offers. And then again, in. Is it. May spring, spring like, practice time probably. Well, yeah, but I'm, they're not obviously not on the road a ton. Like, no, but guys are coming here, and a yeah. lot of times those are guys you've already offered, and you want to get them on campus because they can't right. come on campus right now. Right. Yeah, they. Yeah, well, they. Yeah, they can. Juniors they, can. Uh, I guess. I mean, they're doing junior days around the country. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it closes back. I think February's closed. Right, because it's, sign- yeah. it's the other signing day, so they just take away all recruiting, I think, at that point. Yeah. Uh, question for both of you. Is there a certain style, concept of play, either on offense or defense, that you think the new coaching staff will run that excites you? Yeah, a running game that is effective. Does that work? Does that, does that answer the question? What, what about this running game do you think – will be most effective, Dave. Or that, there, at least from that, there what, is, that there is an actual scheme behind it. I mean, to be fair, they've ran the ball really well for for five years. They just uh, ran at it last year. They've ran the ball if they've ran the ball for yards. I wouldn't say they've ran the ball efficiently. A lot of it is even been, the year they went undefeated. The if you know, if you dove into the metrics of it Running efficiency was by far the worst part of the team. And Drum Ford broke a lot of runs and and did a lot of things on his own. He did. He had a lot of those, like, where if he's even, he's leaving. I'm not mad at him. I just, I need the dog to shut up. I'm trying to work here. Um... I, defensively, I just want to see like that's it. You know what I was most excited about when the staff was put together, Dave? Yeah. Hiring John Tenuta. Because I thought we were, uh-oh. you there? <laughs> I thought we were going to get yeah. a lot of third and Tenuta, yeah. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. It didn't happen as much as I yeah. thought. We're getting first, happen. second, and third and Tenuta. Right. Uh, so I'm excited. Like, uh, look, no, but from the, way the, from football the has game, changed. Like... Go ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I was just saying, like, just from the right, I mean, I know I'm being, like, kind of flippant and, and very broad, but, like, we just, it felt like we just recruited linemen. We didn't recruit them to a specific skill set, a, a specific blocking scheme. I mean, you never heard, I mean, maybe it was because I don't know if the question was ever really asked, but, like, you never heard anybody, whether it was Luke, a player, assistant coach speak to like what are our running philosophies like are are we a pin and pull team are we a zone team are we you know are we a gap scheme team like i i don't know what they were what they were and i think that bared out especially this year like watching the run like i don't know what they were trying to do running the ball and at least i know and can now assess whether it has been successful or not with the way that a Scott Satterfield offense attempts to run the football. I know there were a lot of people that wondered what the hell they were doing in the running game last year and how they, they took a line with as many returners that they had changed it around and got significantly worse. So, yeah. Uh, are the people in charge of the Pac-12 negotiations also in charge of the Big 12 schedule? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the deal is there. I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, I know who we're supposed to be playing at home next year, but um, no, you know who we were supposed to be. That's the thing is, like, if I knew it was gonna be, if I knew it was gonna be different, I would just say. But I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, mess anything up. But like, I, I, I have a guess. Because I don't – because supposedly, you know, again, rumor, sourced, whatever, like, that the whole scuttlebug around it was that Texas and Oklahoma were going to buy their way out of year early and that the that the schedule was the, – the initial schedule was going to have 2023 and 2024 released at the same time. Yeah. And that is why they postponed it because they were going to buy their way out so they didn't. They had to. They were going to redo the 2023 schedule because the 2024 schedule would be null and void, essentially. But that all had to be done by the end of the year in order to come in under the whole 18 months. Tell the league we're going to leave, so we don't have to pay an even bigger penalty than we're already going to have to pay. So that's passed. So now I just don't. I now I don't know why it's still not out and they're not the only one most leagues are now yeah it's just that they said they were going to be out. right and so trust me like i have been i have been kind of cultivating some sources in the big 12 just for you know future future necessity future needs and i've had them tell me like three different times such and such school is expecting the schedule to be released this week or expecting the schedule to be released next week, you know, and then the day arrives and then they're like, eh, got pushed back again. I'll let you know what I hear. Yeah. Got pushed back again. I'll let you know what I hear. So this is a situation where there are a lot of people that have expected this thing to be out for, Six weeks now, <laughs> two months now, and it keeps. Yeah, I mean, I think getting delayed. You know, obviously, people that I mean, I, I, we were privy to this at fan council, and I think that was two fan councils ago. Are you still on fan council, or did your term expire? No, it's a it's a two year term. I don't know when it actually started, so I'm not I'm not. Sure. At least it was initially supposed to be a two year term. I don't I don't know how that uh, how elections are working. I. I have not. My campaign finance committee is uh, is hard at work, you know, trying to drum up support for re-election. Um, you can make a donation to that campaign finance committee right here in this chat. Just yes, a little dollar sign, and uh, you can donate to Dave's uh, return <laughs> to fan council. Bid bid for a second term. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do you see happening with the six quarterbacks on the? Roster. 
<laughs> I see some of them transferring after yeah. spring practice. Yeah. Although that is like, I almost feel like if you're a quarterback, and I know like, you know, there are circumstances that change things. If you're a quarterback and you're not in place by spring, spring, by spring ball, right? You, you're probably going to have trouble finding a home unless somebody had a, a guy get hurt in spring practice or. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's truly not, you know, we, we dealt with it last year, but there's truly not a lot of teams that are like going into fall practice uh, with a true competition that would be like, let's add someone after spring practice and throw them into this competition because our quarterback situation is so bad. Well, yeah, and coaches want to see in spring practice, like get a head start on figuring out who's going to be their starting quarterback. Like you don't want to go through the summer not knowing, or at least having it narrowed down to like we're down to these two guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess the worst case scenario is like we go through the you go through the spring. You're like, man, all these guys suck. Better we really hope someone transfers stepped up. Well, we <laughs> hope somebody stepped up in the spring and they didn't. Something like that. Right, but then they're saying like we hope maybe someone will transfer so we could try to get them. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like you, yeah. you. You walk out of spring going, eh, this ain't it. You better go find somebody else. Yeah. Um, how would the Big 12? Thank you for the question so far, guys. If you got a question, throw it in the chat. This is a Q&A version of the BCJ podcast. <coughs> as long as you guys have questions, we'll stay. I do, I do want to get to uh, something from New Heights from today, earlier, Dave, because I okay. kind of love it. I kind of love it. Well, don't say um, as long as we have questions, because I will not stay as long as you have questions. Well, I mean, to relax. I have a 3.30 a.m. wake-up call. Okay. So you're hoping this is a quick one? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, super, just not exceedingly long. Okay. How will the Big 12 affect non-football basketball sports for UC? I know the men's soccer program got cut, but it seems like a worthwhile program to maybe feed into MLS. MLS has their own feeder programs. Uh, MLS does not care about college soccer and college soccer did not work at UC. They will not be adding programs, but yes. to the, to the greater question, they better pick it up in the other sports too. Yeah. Like baseball. Do you think things, do you think things are an uphill climb in football and basketball right now? That's probably the two or the, well, I mean, I can't speak to all of them. I, I can speak to two. I can speak to baseball and I can speak to golf. Uh, golf is doing quite well for UC right now. Possibly the best team they've ever had. Uh, they had a wonderful, you know, I guess you could call it like off season. They have like two. We need seasons. to get Doug on. Doug, no, Doug is a no kidding. Doug is a big fan. We need to get Doug on. I mean, they were up in the in the golf. I think ranks top thirty. They were in the top thirty, which is a big time, big time achievement. But like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas are three of probably the 10 best golf programs in the country. Obviously Oklahoma and Texas will be leaving, but like Oklahoma state is outstanding. Everybody else has very good players like that. You know, that's big in baseball. Yeah. So, you know, those and are the women's two athletics I, is a big deal. Yeah. I, mean, well. I just, I just don't know as much about <laughs> track and in the other swimming and diving and the other sports, but like, yeah, I mean it's it's not just a football basketball thing. Like the entire athletic program is taking a, a massive step up. Texas is a huge track and field state. Like, mm. There's a lot of track and field in Texas. It's a it's it's rele very relevant in that general vicinity. Um. Wonder if the Big 12 members said the incoming program should not get five home games in year one. I don't – well, but then you give them all five home games in year two. Like, that's going to even itself out. Yeah, I don't think – I doubt all of them were were getting that. I mean, they had agreed yeah. to a schedule. It's not like there was – this isn't a delay because, like, Iowa State and Texas Tech were like, no, we don't like the schedule. Like, the schedule was made. And then, for whatever reason, they did not release it and have not released it. Right. This one's for you way more than it's for me. Still hearing chatter about Rusty Feth. Uh, no, Feth I have not. I know, and I 
I had not heard anything recently. What I posted on the board was from during the season. Um, yeah. You know, I just sources at the time. Granted, that was a long time ago. Different coaching staff. So that is very much what I would call old info. You know, shit. When was when was that game? The beginning of October. Yeah. So I mean, Late nine September, months, early October. Nine yeah. months ago. Ten, almost 10 months ago. So I have not had a conversation with anybody since uh, tailgating at Paul Brown Stadium. <laughs> that was not nine months ago, Dave. Well, you know what I mean. Feels, feels like it. Feels like it. That was three months ago. <laughs> I was counting the wrong way. <laughs> you were doing backwards math. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at math. Uh, anyway. To a point where UC needs to seriously consider a women's basketball coaching change. They're not winning. I mean, I don't follow it enough to know, but, uh, but, you know, John Cunningham's track record is he is not afraid to make a change if uh, things are not heading in the right direction. And they've kind of what? This is two, two straight years. Yeah, where they have, they have not. You know, taken off, you know, and, and with UConn leaving, the belief was there's a chance, and I think there's a couple like USF. I know has has had a nationally relevant. Didn't they also now. You know, something that would concern me? And then, I mean, it's not to it's not uh, unique to them, but like they had their best player transfer out. Yeah, she so, was a super senior, and they've recruited other pretty good, like they brought in a couple of good transfers. It's just not resulting in wins. Yeah. And ultimately this is a wins, wins, loss business. And it's not even, it doesn't feel like a situation where you can look and say, okay, they're making progress. It feels like they're kind of flatlined mm-hmm. and that's, that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of the, Six and one half dozen in the other. Do you bring a coach into a new conference kind of with, again, a step up in competition? Uh, or do you start from scratch in a new conference with it, which we saw how that we at least seen how that works too. So it ain't going to be pretty one way or the other with no. where they're at right now. It's, it's got to get considerably better for them soon, soon. And maybe it's Michelle Clark Hurd turning a corner towards the end of the season and, and getting putting some piling up some wins and alleviating any any doubt, but that has to happen here pretty soon. All right, we, we don't have any questions right now, so maybe I'll I um we can talk, you know, this is very, very early stuff, but I have noticed some some mock drafts, some uh player rankings start to come out. Uh, so I've seen Dane Brugler of The Athletic. He uh, He's kind of their main draft guy. And he is very high on Tyler Scott. He has him in the second round of his, I guess it's his first mock draft. He's got him as the number seven wide receiver in his rankings. Now you take that and put that up against – uh, the athletic does a consensus, uh, big board, basically taking like the big boards of 50 different outlets and he's not even in the top 100 and there's 15 receivers in their top 100. Again, very early, tons of varying, uh, ranking levels. But I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Josh Wiley was 10th in Dave Rugler's position rankings. He ranked the top 15 of every position. Tight end class is extremely deep this year. As, yeah. uh, you could see, th- I would be surprised, but you could see three in the first round. Um, I think that's a stretch, but. Let's be honest real- though. Travis has revolutionized like almost single-handedly. There are others, but like. Yeah, but you still, have to the be tight end of, you still have to be of value. Like the first tight end didn't go until the mid fifties last year. Yeah. So. You still have to be a bona fide first round, second round pick. I, yeah. mean, I think Trey McBride from Colorado State, I think, was the first tight end taken by the Cardinals at, at like pick 53, 55, something like that. 
Um, but obviously, Michael Mayer is a surefire first rounder. Darnell Washington from <clears throat> Georgia, possibly. And then there's, it's a deep, deep draft. So, 10, you know, uh, again, it's the season's not even over. You have the – hey, dog. You have the Senior Bowl. You have Combine. You have Pro Day. A long way to go till April. But, uh, you know, 10th, you're looking at, you know, third, fourth round, I would guess, right now. And then he had Ivan Pace as the 14th. Ranked linebacker, we've talked a lot about Ivan and just the obstacles that he has uh, transitioning to the NFL and, you know, where teams are going to look at him and and see a very unprototypical uh, body composition. And it's going to just automatically, you know, go off. Of, he's going to go off of certain teams' boards that rely more heavily on meeting thresholds, whether it's height, whether it's arm length, whether it's a, a speed, agility time. And, you know, he'll be he'll be best served by teams that just kind of look at the tape and are like, that dude that makes plays doesn't matter um, size-wise. But, again, it does still matter because, like, how many offensive linemen did he go up against this year that are surefire NFL players? And and you're getting it, and you're getting out there against uh, Trent Williams or uh, you know some guy that's six seven with eighty inch seventy eight eighty inch arms and, and it, at some point thirty pounds that can move yeah at some point it does matter so um, we'll, we'll see I mean it'll be fun though because you have three you have at least three guys that I think are are certainly uh, draftable players possibly a couple more but. You know, we'll, we'll see how, how things end up shaking out. Um, the, here's the, the new heights. Well, let's see. We, we've got... Senior Bowl's uh, in February, by the way, Michael. Okay. Uh, equally like two irritated... Weeks, two weeks after the Super Bowl. Equally irritated by the results of the UC Barstool poll for best UC athletes of all time. I didn't really pay attention. I don't know. What, yeah, I don't pay attention to that. I think the final four was... The finals were Oscar and Travis... <laughs> Um, and then Jason and Sandy Koufax, I, I think, mean, were the other two. Oscar and Sandy Koufax are so far and away the two best UC has. I mean, there's not even a reason to have a poll. Right. <laughs> like, you have two of the best, you know, and and I have no idea no. how... Sauce, no made idea. It, Sauce made it over Jason, I think, to the finals. I have no idea how Sandy was in college, <laughs> but he was a damn good pro, so... right. Um, but let's get to the new heights question of the day. What, uh, what rule changes would you like to see in the sport of football? And I will preface this by saying, I thought Travis had a brilliant one. Is it, are we talking about college or pro or just because they don't have the same rules? Yeah. Take your pick. I do not like in college that the clock stops, uh, when you get a first down. I think that I don't see why that is like a thing that needs to happen. Needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I do not, I understand it, but I do not love the whole fumbling it through the end zone becomes the other team's ball. I, I yeah, I guess the I problem really there is I just that, don't know what, what the other, like what's, what's the fix? Uh, put it at the 20 yard line. So if it's first and goal at the one and you fumble some, it out of the that then you lose 19 yards because you shouldn't have done something like that. But you shouldn't lose okay. like the defense, it's not a turnover. Like that's the part I don't understand. Like if I just drop the ball as I'm running, that's I didn't the other team didn't recover. It's not like a fumble that they recover. Like I don't get why the why the other team just gets the ball. Craig says, stop aiding the runner. I don't mind that. I mean, they have a rule in there that you can't pull them. I think that gets a little uh, hairy. You see plenty of guys getting pulled versus pushed. Um, what did what were what were some of yours? I Travis's was fascinating, and I just uh, I want your opinion. Okay. You know they're both hockey guys, right? Sure. 
they wanted a penalty penalty box. <laughs> like targeting, all right. One quarter in the penalty box. Yeah. That's a well, put, okay. That brings up that's probably the number one thing that annoys me the most about college is I don't think you should be ejected for targeting. Penalty box in football would be phenomenal. Phenomenal. And like based on like it's just like in hockey where there's like minors and majors and misconducts and yeah yeah you get you get uh well this started this started because travis wanted uh one fight a game <laughs> in football where the guys I mean, just drop where the guys drop their helmets and they and they get to square up uh i don't think that's a great idea <laughs> he's like you know teams would be like mike tyson come on out strap up for one play Soon as, as soon as the play's over, you take the helmet off, square up with somebody, get your one fight in. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't mind the whole like game misconduct type thing. Like, you get a penalty and you're you're out. Um, but it kind of then becomes like a, a targeting rule of like almost an ejection. Like, so you you commit a targeting penalty on the first play of the fourth quarter and now you're out for the rest of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love that. Or maybe, maybe it's like the the rest of the drive or two drives. Yeah. I think you could put different stipulations on it to get it right. Sure. I think like for the most part, I think the rules are, are pretty, there's, you, you you come you end up coming close to like turning certain elements of it into like a sideshow almost of of like you know you yeah. start you start tinkering with like points and like I don't I don't love the whole like I mean they've they've done certain things to try to make the kickoff safer eventually they're going to try to take the kickoff out of the game I don't love that like. You know, taking the onside, trying to take the onside kick. I mean, out of the game, it's like, okay, so you're you score a touchdown and you cut the lead, and now you need to get the ball back. You're just not going to be able to get the ball back anymore. Like you're ta- you're you're like fundamentally changing how the game is played. Like when right. if you if you end up doing that type of stuff, right? Um. Stephen Chenault wants to know if there's also a chip inside the NCAA football asking because Aaron probably will want to know. We didn't know there was a chip inside the NFL football. No. Until last week when it just happened to come out. How mad do you think the NFL was that that got made public? I mean, they seem to get mad about a lot. So, so probably pretty pissed. Yeah. But you know, it's not as like, then obviously the the knee jerk reaction was as soon as that was was known was like well then why do we still have the chains and then why can't you because the data doesn't come instantaneously from the chip to you know wherever it's going and then able to tell you whether oh you got come the... on they do it in tennis in like three seconds okay you can wait three seconds. To see the, the the spot of the ball instead of relying on yeah, what are those two old guys gonna do that stand there with the chains? They're gonna what? find a different job. Job market. You can give right them a there. parabolic mic. You can have them stand there with the parabolic <laughs> mic. Job if they market. have to stand in their spots. Job market's tough right now. D- Dave's he, Dave's Dave's a uh, hashtag chain gang guy. Oh, I do like the chain gang. You like can still they, have them out there. Like when they bring them out there, and then it's like so close, they got to slide the note the card in yeah. in between. Yeah. Come on, Dave. <laughs> Come on. Uh, John Goble, fake John Goble says you need to change the targeting targeting rule to a hit rule. If you don't attempt to tackle, fifteen yards, no ejection. Reinforce sound tackling technique. I just think it's pretty like. Is it's pretty obvious when a guy is like literally trying to 
not, I mean, he's not trying to hurt a player, but like, you know, when you're going to break up a pass or when you're going to make a tackle and you're, and bodies are moving at different rates of speed and at different angles and their helmets happen to hit each other. Like to me, that is just not targeting. Like targeting is, I see, I sought out a specific target and I am trying to make contact with that. And I, I don't understand why the the former is an eject, ejectable offense. She asked yeah. if... Uh, hold on a second. Aaron, can you talk to Dave for a second? Kelsey! Kelsey. Dave said Kelsey. What? Are you ready for your care. L on Sunday? He said, are you ready for your L on Sunday? Shut up, because we're not losing. Oh, we're, we're not losing? You're, you're part of the team now? <laughs> you're part of the team now? We're not losing? You got a mouse in your pocket? Yeah. Well, I hate to break yeah. it to you, yeah. but uh, yeah, you are. I thought Joe Burrow is ugly. Four in a row. And Travis Kelsey. Aaron said <laughs> four in a row. He's going to be crying when they lose. Like a little baby. You're 12. You'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> is that your retirement plan, Dave? The chain gang? Hey, that's a pretty sweet gig. It's a it's a take in like awesome football games on the field. That would, I would love it's, to do that. It's not Xavier. Get out of here, man. What? Skyline. Somebody asked why I had a Xavier shirt on. <laughs> Skyline. Um, I would I would love to uh, be on the chain gang for NFL or major college football games. Rule change. If you can't decide on a review within 60 seconds, call stands. These 10-minute reviews are stupid. Yeah, that one. Like, I like that. Hey, here's how you fix it. Rule that a shovel pass is a fumble if it hits the ground. Get there, nobody gives a shit pass. about a shovel pass. What is your, uh, uh, like, a fix? It's, it's, not, like, it's not a fumble. It's what a pass. Does it it what does it be. matter if I throw it overhand or or because when you have a when you have a defender wrapped around your entire torso and you're just getting rid of the ball, it's trash. Make it a fumble. Tackle the guys better. It's stupid. Wrap his arms. Yeah. That's, that's how that's how you that's how you alleviate these reviews, though. If shovel passes were automatic, I did, I Aaron, Aaron's Aaron's a big anti shovel pass. He's the only guy, the only other person I know on earth that that cares about shovel passes. Is Mo Egger because they never work? Well, I think they don't work when it's teams that Mo is cheering for. Doing, doing <laughs> there it is. Um, but I do think, like with the review, like if 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 it's not so obvious within a couple minutes that it's a different call than whatever was made on the field, then you should just have to stick with whatever's been called on the field, right? Right or wrong? Like we, we you can't take five minutes dissecting. You know, every little bit of it um, right. is a good way to squeeze an extra commercial break in because God forbid you, you have to do that. But I actually I made this comment. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there were four minutes left in the first half and it was like an hour from kickoff. Well, that was so the Ra played. that was the Ravens game, too. I know the first three quarters of the Ravens game were, were done in like two and a half hours. Yeah, well, that's pretty standard. for It's generally about 45 minutes a quarter. They were on like a half hour a quarter rate in that Bills game. And yeah, the Bills I, had – the Bill, this is so crazy. The Bills had eight possessions and the Bengals had seven. Do you know how many possessions the Bills had when they played the Dolphins? Twelve. Sixteen. Okay, yeah. And they had half of that, yes, on Sunday. Yeah. Because the Bengals are just chewing up clock. Well, the third quarter, the third quarter was ridiculous. The Bills had a seven and a half minute drive and kicked the field the goal. The Bengals had a six and a half minute drive. And then the drive. Bengals came right back with like a five, six minute drive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind this one. I kind of like this one. Forward passes have to go past the line of scrimmage or it's a fumble. I don't hate that. So like if you throw a swing pass and it's technically forward, but it's but it's behind, behind the line of scrimmage. Line of scrimmage ball is live, and the guy drops it. Then it's uh, then it's live. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate it. Like that's a a three yard pass. You should be able to complete a three yard right. pass. Yeah. 
I think that I do think they should uh, t- a little bit to Aaron's point, I think is, you know, not on the Mike Hilton hit, but on the Trey Hendrickson sack where he's going yeah. down and like just barely flipped his wrist and there was a running back over there. So it's not intentional grounding. Like I think they should get more, more tight on the whole, like, okay, that was a sack not a fumble, like you're down because just because you're, you know, able to stand up, you're clearly just trying to flip it over there to avoid the sack. There was no way you were going to actually complete the pass. Yeah. I think they need to do go back. They, they used to call in the grasp a lot more than, than they do now. You don't hardly ever see in the grasp anymore. No. That used to be like two times a game. There was an in the grasp sack. Yeah, qu- quarterbacks also weren't like 6'5", 245 <laughs> when, when that was happening. That's fair. The same size as, as linebackers. Um, I would like that rule if we can use the chip and the ball to determine if it passes the line. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the chains out there. Just me- measure it with a, a, a like a yardstick or a like tape measure. Stick. You're ridiculous. You guys got any other questions? Anything else you want to hear from us? Any other UC-related stuff? Uh... <laughs> Can we put a chip in the basketball player's shoes? See if they really step out of bounds? Let's put chips fucking everywhere. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to... Um... I'm trying to bug Jason and see if we can maybe work on a guest next week. Who's Jason? Kelsey. Oh. I know him and Trav aren't going to come on. Like, that's, we're past that point. Uh, That's not going to happen anymore. (laughs) But I wonder if we can get Ed, Kelsey. (laughs) I'd love to hear from their dad. I was thinking about this today as I was, like, I have a lot of podcast time now driving around. And uh, the stuff they talk about Ed now, like, it's funny. But if you're Ed, you're like, what the, what, 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 what are you, what are you, what are you telling on me for? Yeah. I guess he used to have like uh, in his office, he used to, ha- he used to belong to something where they like, they like tracked alien activity <laughs> on his home computer. And you would just hear like, sonogram sounds coming from their dad's office at all times of the night. And I, I, you know, they talked about the story where they broke his ribs. Uh, Like there's a lot of Ed Kelsey stories. I'd love to hear Ed like defend himself. Like I didn't sign up for this, right? Like I didn't sign up to have my entire parenting history played out in the most popular podcasts, like on the planet. (laughs) Some there's tweets going around now of some guy at the Loyola Duquesne game. Yeah, walking on the floor. Walked out on the yeah. floor with like a DoorDash order. Yeah, that's outstanding. <laughs> I think they just let him in, like at the media entrance or something. Like, Who do you think ordered it? I don't know. Like a guy on the bench? No, probably somebody like sitting down at like on the floor or something. That'd be my guess. I would love. No, I'm saying that it would be great if, like, one of the players was like, yeah, like one of the walk-ons. Yeah, that would be outstanding. Would be outstanding. Well, if nobody else has got any questions, like, I don't. There you go. Who has the best mean mug after a bucket or dunk this year? Hensley and Newman last year. This is important to me. Who are the great? I mean, it's got to be Vic, right? I mean, Justin Berg is the is the uh, the aficionado here. He, he, yeah, he's the the grand poobah of the, the crim- mean, of the mean mug uh, dunk game. That's for sure. We might have to get him. To weigh in, who is the grittiest player? I would say, would that dumpy Landers Nolly against Xavier? Yeah, probably would be that down the middle of the lane dunk. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. I tried to eliminate that <laughs> from my memory. 
That's the, the grittiest player. Is, uh, uh, Rob Fennessy, the grittiest player. I mean, it's it's John Newman, but he hasn't played all year. <laughs> yeah, the, the two guys that haven't played all year are probably yeah. one one and two. Explains a lot about why this team has, you know, struggled and battled to find an identity all year. Is Rob close to returning? Yes. Uh, I was not at practice yesterday, but from people I've heard from, he, he practiced full yesterday. Um, I would guess it's a slow return. You know, a segment in the first half here, a segment in the second half there. Um, you wonder maybe if what we saw was Micah Adams-Woods wearing down a little bit against Memphis. And you could go back to not having to put Dave on the ball as much. Right. Um, and if you had a guy like Kendrick Davis cooking you like he did, you can put Rob in to kind of give you a little bit of a different defensive look against said guy. So I would guess it would be a slow return. He hasn't played in right. months, two months. So, uh, do I think he plays Saturday? I think there's a decent chance. Decent chance. And they just, they need more depth guard wing, like, to begin with. Especially Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if it's somebody that can guard, you know, in case of Sasser gets going or Mark or <clears throat> or one of those guys. Mm-hmm. What do you think for Saturday? Let's uh, Dave Betts, what do you think the line will be? Did somebody mention it's like 16 on Ken Palm? Uh, on the road, coming off a loss. They are currently up eight at UCF. Uh, I'm going to say, say 14 and a half. And you're taking Houston. Uh, if I was in a state that allowed betting on Saturday, I would probably take Houston. And you can place the bet early, can you? No, they, college basketball lines do not come yeah, out that's until right. the morning of some the night before, but they they do not get enough action to require uh, like a football line that's out, you know, right. a week, week or you know five days before. Well, and they also play games in the middle of the week, so right. yeah. It makes sense that, you know, they don't put the lines out until the last minute. Mm -hmm. Houston now up 10 with 319 to go. So looks like they will bounce back after losing to Temple. Looks like they're other than Traymond Mark. They're having a really good game from the floor. Um, 38 in the first half. They've got 36 already in the second half. So. After a clunker on offense where they scored what fifty two or fifty four, um, and that, this is too. This is why like the Memphis game ends up being so disappointing. Is like UCF kind of stinks right now. Right, and, they're about to go. They're about to be four and four in conference. Right. So if you'd have beaten Memphis, you'd be like quite a leg up now for second in the league. Right. And now you're about to go to Houston, and you're going to be right back. You know, probably right back. And then in you that, got a pretty brutal muddled, stretch of games. That muddled middle. I mean, outside, like once I, I, they've got what they're at Tulsa after no, Tulsa's Houston. at home. Okay, they've got Tulsa at home after Houston. I knew they played Tulsa after Houston. Um, and then you go. UCF at home, at Tulane, South Florida at home, at ECU, at UCF, and then Temple at home, at Memphis, SMU at home to close out the season. But this Houston, Tulsa, UCF, at Tulane, South Florida, you've got three of those five games at home. And really, I mean, if we're we're being honest, the odds of them winning at Houston – nationally televised game on Saturday or low. But then you go Tulsa at home, UCF at home, at Tulane, South Florida at home. You got to win those three home games. 
Well, yeah, that's why the Memphis game was such like a big swing game because it, yeah, it, you know, but it got a winnable stretch you... coming up after Houston. Yeah. Um. All right, I think we're. I think we've about we've made it an hour. Yes. Doing Congrats. a member chat Congrats version. To us. <laughs> we didn't know that we had fifteen minutes of content. If we were we were being perfectly honest. But we got there. We 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 crossed the finish line in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I don't have a whole lot else. You anything else you want to get to? No. Any I of these no... offers you you really like, or um, there's just so have, many of them. There. I have no idea who anybody is in 2024. Yeah. No, especially idea. with a new staff, we're just starting to figure out. Yeah, I mean. Some of these guys, they might have great ties to that high school or that head high school head coach, or have a have a long standing relationship with that player from when they were at Louisville. So, but we would have no way of knowing that at this point. Right. Timeline on day day within the next couple of weeks, I think. In the next day or day. <laughs> the next day or day or day day. Day to day. Um, within the next couple of weeks, it, it sounds like he's getting close to the finish line. Um, but Juco's man, that's <laughs> it's a whole other world, a whole other world in the Juco in Juco land. So I'm tracking it uh, when I, and, you know, I, I've been out in front of that one more than anybody else in the country. So as soon as I hear something, I'll let you know, update on Kelly uh she's got an infection in her colon that they're having some issues with they're trying to get that sorted out they did a biopsy today to get some cultures and try to figure out exactly you know what it's going on there was no blockages nothing crazy when they did the scope so hopefully that is uh close to getting on track um she's getting a little better slowly this is she spent 18 days pretty much glued to the bed. So hopefully turning a corner, but it's it's one of those you you know you're gonna take a day or two where you days are good, and then she's gonna kind of step back a little bit because she's tired from the two days that she exerted a lot of energy. Um, but <clears throat> she's joking around a lot more, she's able to communicate a lot better, uh, she's laughing a little bit. Uh, her oncologist was in tonight right before I left and got her got a couple laughs out of her. Um, she's been working with the physical therapy people. I, I can't even express when I walked in yesterday, she was out of the bed sitting in a chair and I almost had to like walk out of the room to take a minute because <laughs> it's I mean, it's it's hopefully very few of you have had to deal with it. But when the person you love more than life itself can't function for three weeks. It fucking sucks, man. I'm sure. It fucking sucks, and it drains every inch of your existence. So to see her sitting up in that chair yesterday, sat down across from her, pulled up a chair. We chatted for a little while. Um, she did about 30 minutes, and then you could see as the 30-minute mark was hitting, she was like, I need to get back in this fucking bed. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to sleep. Um, but progress is slow, but is, is hopefully on the other side of the, uh, the downturn, which was, she's had a lot of downturns. I told yeah. her today, I said, this is, this is, I think the worst that the worst that we've been through the, you know, the night of the, the cardiac event, as yeah. they call it, essentially a heart attack. The night of that was terrifying, but then within two to three days, she had kind of, rebounded pretty well even though yeah. they had had a lot of questions about what the fuck just happened um but this has been it's been three weeks man she went into icu tomorrow will be three weeks it's a and minute i don't recommend ever being in a situation where you 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 spend three weeks in the icu uh but she's getting there man she's she's bouncing back a little bit they're they're starting to 
discuss getting her back up to the oncology floor, getting her out of the ICU, which I think would be a huge boost to her spirits. That's right, Pickle. That's right. I'm glad you're thinking of her. Uh, but we're getting there. It's It's been a hell of a month. <coughs> been a hell of a month. <coughs> All right. Let's get out of here. My voice is about done. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Dave Simone. Thanks to producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast. Brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.